Welcome to the Sister C Podcast, your monthly dose of sisterhood and mental health advice coming to you on the 15th of every month. My name is Joelle, and I'm a licensed therapist who is committed to fighting the stigma of mental illness. Each month, I will talk to one of my favorite sisters who has lived experience or expert insight about today's most important mental health issues. We are about to break down today's topic and provide you with some candid and practical mental health advice. So welcome to this very special episode of the Sister C Podcast, this very special Pride episode. Today's episode is with my favorite drag queen. Stop. But (laughs) before I officially introduce her, I guess I wanted to just cover what we are going to talk about today. What pride really is and the importance of pride. And specifically, like I said, I'm talking with my favorite drag queen. And as some of you may know, I'm also a drag queen. We're going to talk about our experiences of doing drag. We'll be taking a very brief look at the beginning of Pride and maybe even like Stonewall and that kind of stuff. But then, of course, talking about present issues because this podcast is all about mental health and practical advice. So by the end of this discussion, we hope to give you some practical advice about any mental health issues that, you know, the LGBTQ, that the queer community is facing. So without further ado... It's time to introduce my co-host. She goes by the name of Ivana Kadabra. No. Kadabra. 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 Take two. Okay, no, I'll say I will do it again. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, That's actually perfect. Throw that in there. Well, yeah, I could just get Ivana Kadabra. There we go. That's it. (laughs) Welcome, Sister Ivana. How are you? I am fabulous and fierce and so happy to be here. I'm so, so happy that you're here, like seriously. One of the biggest components of this podcast is to uplift the LGBTQ community, amplify Mm. queer voices. I'm already loud enough, but let's know. (laughs) I mean, here we go. (laughs) I feel like you have been such a inclusive person for me Mm. within the drag community here. And I just couldn't imagine having a better guest. So thank you. So happy Pride. Oh my god, you too. <laughs> the month of June. And then finally here at the end of August. <laughs> at the end of August. Raining or snowing. Yeah. <laughs> but we still there. We yeah. still rally. Honey. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, I kind of experience Pride as a summer thing. You know, usually starts in June, mm-hmm. ends in September, all summer long. There's a pride yeah. somewhere. There is. One weekend, one, every weekend of the summer, there's a pride. However, there's a reason why June specifically is designated Pride Month. Why is that? Do you know, Ivana? Pride is um, like a Canadian thing. Pride Month in June is just Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas everywhere around the world, it's Pride or it's Queer History Month. Canada, we have both. We have Pride. Yes. And we have Queer History Month, which is October. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so wow. I think Queer History Month is like about the history and the, the rich culture we have and like the AIDS epidemic and, you know, thinking and talking about that. Whereas like Pride in June, for me, I feel it's present day issues. It's celebrating the, the beautiful, colorful world we live in today. Yes. Um, it may not always be beautiful, and sometimes it may be a little gray, but we're here to make it 
the other things. Yes. Uh, I find. I think pride is the celebration for us mm-hmm. and education is in the October month. Okay. Okay. I, and I could be way off base. I could be. <laughs> See, this is why I invited you on here. <laughs> <laughs> for your expert insight. We love Google. <laughs> we love Google. Oh. <laughs> My understanding of why June was Pride Month before this is because of the Stonewall Riots. And the Stonewall Riots started at the end of June in 1969. But I guess you're saying it's not based on that. I guess Pride Month is what we call it in Canada. Yeah, so we have, it's Pride in Canada and then like everywhere else it's different, right? Like we didn't have Stonewall in Canada. So I don't think it was as significant to the Canadian government who I think picks these months. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> who picked this month? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So John A. McDonald, you did a lot of wrong things. Yeah. Okay. yeah <laughs> Maybe exactly. June wasn't the right time. Exactly. <laughs> who are we kidding? He wasn't progressive enough to pick that month for queer anything. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was going to say that it's kind of arbitrary to say that June is Pride Month because really for us... Pride is 365. Yeah, 24-7, 365. We live Pride, and we we need to. Um, There's too many people that get cut down, uh, that lose their life around the world, and we are very lucky to be safer here than anywhere else, I I would find. Mm -hmm. Do we still have a far way to go? Mm -hmm. Heck yeah. Yes. I said heck because I don't know if I can swear on this. But <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, is, it, is everything perfect? No. Will it ever be perfect? No. Maybe I'll start out by asking you, why is pride important Whew, Okay. to you? Um, my dad is the biggest supporter I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Probably loves my husband more than he loves me. <laughs> he paid for my wedding. He paid for my sister's lesbian wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my parents went two for two. They're, they're, they're lovely. Wow. Um, they got a lesbian and they got a very, very gay man. <laughs> but, um, so <laughs> they always tell people that they, go, they went two for two in the rainbow pool mm-hmm. uh, when they had babies. Um, but he is my biggest ally, but sometimes it's just, it's still, um, I think a lot of it comes from fear for him too. When it came out to him, he told me, I don't care if you're gay. You do you, if you love him, if you love boys, you love boys. I love you no matter what. Just please never put on a dress and a wig and makeup. Never do that. Oh no. And so that's like, honestly, it kept me away from drag for a lot of extra years because I've always wanted to do it, but I never did because I was always afraid of what he would say. And I think it was just out of fear for his son to get hurt, being different. Mm -hmm. And that's why he said it out of a place of fear, not out of a place of, Mm. um, hatred or disgust right and he also really doesn't understand pride or parades he'll never go he's the person that thinks if you get a parade why don't straight people get a parade oh okay and it's a very uneducated view um sorry dad if you ever listen to this but like it's true <laughs> read a book yeah it doesn't, uh, <laughs> doesn't make you evil dad doesn't no, make you bad no i oh. love you thank you for helping with rent last month oh yeah um, <laughs> but still, um, I think it's very much he doesn't understand because he's never had to like be called a fag walking down the street with your husband or even just walking down the street by yourself mm-hmm. or, you know, <laughs> walking down the street super drunk with eight layers of makeup on, mm-hmm. fake titties and tights <laughs> when you're seven feet tall with heels. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he's never had to experience that. And he's it's, he's very um, privileged and he comes from a place of privilege that. And he just won't, he's, he's trying, he really is, but he's not trying hard enough Mm -hmm. to unlearn that kind of um, thing. 
Now, in the last two years, he could have changed his mind because we haven't been able to go to Pride for the last two years, obviously, because, you know, mm. we're in a pandemic. Miss yeah. Covina. Yeah, we're in a panini. A, pa- a Panasonic, you know. A panorama. Like, all those good things. But um, <laughs> I think that's why Pride is important for me is because I can walk down a street in eight layers of makeup and heels during Pride and be given showered in love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's not a common occurrence. And that's why I think pride is important to me. And I think there's a lot of people that get lost on the sidelines. Like there's a lot of people that don't have my kick-ass parents. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, I don't even know what horrors other people are going through that don't have the level of support that I even do. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest reason why pride is important. Like look at associations like free mom hugs. Um, how, How many people's lives do you think were saved because of that one organization that moms just give children who need a parent a hug? How many lives did that save? I thousands. Yeah. If not hundreds of thousands. Have I been put myself in compromising situations during Pride? Yeah. <laughs> that may not look normal. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still normal because I know there's probably a politician who's really against us that's doing the same thing, just not during Pride and 4 a.m. when no one's around. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. And that's also why Pride is important, is because there's those closeted people that are too afraid to come out still. And too afraid to be their true selves that it's putting them at such a mental deficit. And it's just, it's sad. It's really sad. So pride is there for that. I just wanted to say, I agree with the fact that it's for people who maybe are still in the closet. It's for people who maybe don't have the same rights as we do in North America. Mm. It's for, it's a celebration to acknowledge how far we've come. I saw a post on Facebook and it basically said that uh, we can't have liberation for one marginalized group without having liberation for all people and all marginalized groups. Correct. And I wholeheartedly stand by that. One thing that I've been really just taken aback by, one thing that I've been very moved by is the fact that something that started with the Stonewall riot, something that started with protesting and rioting and and a social movement has actually led to the point where I can walk down the street and not fear for my life. Correct. Yeah. You know, and so why can't we do that for the other issues that are happening Mm -hmm. right now? Why can't we do that for other people? I feel like we'll see a very big shift in our generation gaining power and in our generation moving up in life and taking those political positions of power seeing where where young people are voting, seeing where young people are putting most of their values. Mm -hmm. And um, it's time. Eat the rich. Tax them. (laughs) Let's go. Like, my parents had their own house by the time... Wait, one second. I got new math. (laughs) They were... Two years ago, they had their own house. Two children. A dog. Mm. Rest in peace, Jenny. Best dog ever. Rest in peace, Jenny. Um, <laughs> whereas, like, now I have a dog and a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. Oh, my <laughs> and God. And I pay rent, you know? Like, yeah. It's it's time for a big socioeconomical change mm-hmm. um, and just, like, a cultural shift to be more accepting, to be more loving, to be more helpful of thy neighbor, you know? Yeah. Isn't that what the Christians want? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Just... I'm so glad that you brought that up, actually. Oh, okay, cute. Because really, in this, again, my opinion, mm-hmm. our opinions here, it's all linked to colonialism. It's all linked to the Europeans basically colonizing the world and forcing their 
language and their toxic culture on other mm-hmm. people. I 100% agree. The only thing you really can do when you're probably generations back related to one of those colonizers that did all that damage and did all that, those horrible things and ruined and lied and cheated to get to where they are. Reparations, reparations and learning and speaking up about what's wrong and speaking for those people that don't have that voice. Absolutely. Um, and just like not taking their space, mm-hmm. you know, and like stay like being supportive and, you know, sharing that link to that to spirit show mm-hmm. uh, without talking about your own, your own self for a couple of days. You know what I mean? And like putting the time to invest in like um, the very best has so many different productions that they do mm-hmm. that are just for people of color and like promoting that and talking about that and st- taking a step back mm-hmm. from your own stuff to promote that kind of stuff. And like, that's just examples in the queer community. And the thing is some people are not motivated to do that. No. Sometimes even within the gay community, you hear criticism about the way that people choose to identify or the way that people identify Mm -hmm. you hear it from straight people who mock Mm -hmm. the lgbtqia plus label but really knowledge is power and we really have to understand why it is that we have these biases why it is that we discriminate why it is that we discriminate against our own kind discriminate within the community discrimination from outside the community Mm -hmm. you know why is that It's not because we're intrinsically bad. It's not because being gay is wrong. It's because we've been indoctrinated because of the history. Correct. Social studies was my favorite subject Mm -hmm. in high school Um, and junior high. And like in high school, it was probably because there was a hot teacher in charge of it. But like, you know. (laughs) Uh, But um, after leaving high school and doing my own research and my own learning and my own investigation, I'm better equipped speaking about the past of Canada and like knowing more of the negative aspect and trying to make that better Mm -hmm. Um, by doing my own learnings because I feel like well not I feel like I know a lot of it is glossed over and a lot of it is not included Mm -hmm. like we did learn about residential schools in grade four or five I do believe in my northern Alberta small town okay most of it was seen as a positive thing in the cur- like in the curriculum, they didn't talk about all the negatives. They talked about some of them. I never really learned about. I've never and we never learned about like the abusiveness of anything like that. Mm-hmm. And people only learn that if they take the time to do it. And not a lot of people in small towns that I know of uh, <laughs> won't do it. Uh, and that's just because they don't want to, and they're fine with the way they live. And then they make this beast of being woke. Mm. You know what I mean? The term woke. They, uh, they almost mock it. Exactly. And like, I, it's not woke. It's <laughs> being a decent human being, being educated mm-hmm. and being against all of those past transgressions and trying to help strive to a better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, yeah, I just have a lot of feelings and a lot of words about this. <laughs> well, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm glad you do because this is the place for your feelings right? and your words. Right on this table. Yeah. Words on it. Um, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Right? But again, I am just a cis white male. So my privilege is immense. I, mm-hmm. my unlearning that I need to work on still to this day is huge. Like 
Well, here's a question. What is it that motivates you as a cis white male who's also in the queer community? Yeah, real gay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who's also also real gay. Real gay. Like, how gay? Real gay. Like, real gay. (laughs) Uh, What motivates you to educate yourself? What motivates you to unlearn your biases? Um... I honestly think a big part of it was becoming a drag queen for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really start majorly. Like I did a little bit before, but like as I became more involved in the drag community, I just saw like so much beautiful art coming from underserved communities and so much beautiful drag coming from people that didn't get a stage, Mm -hmm. you know? And I love one of my favorite people in the world is ultraviolet mm-hmm. they are a local drag human mm-hmm. here in calgary and i saw them and they're 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 transhuman mm-hmm. um i saw them on stage uh hosting their own show and it was called slutty social distance <laughs> and i just had a moment and i was just like this is more of what we need mm-hmm. trans visibility uh poc visibility mm-hmm. uh, just all that beautiful art because honestly they have vibrant culture they have so much thing so many things they can pull from to create beautiful art that honestly they should only be doing like only they should be doing that Mm -hmm. you know for me good drag is someone who loves it Mm -hmm. someone who you you can tell on stage that they love it Mm -hmm. and they're not just doing it for a job Mm. they're on that stage because it helps show who they are it gives them representation it gives them a, a place to be heard and it gives people like myself with the immense white privilege um to sit back and watch their beauty and hear their strife and see their um passion for an art form and a lot of pe- times um those people you y- do political things mm-hmm. you know so i think that's a lot of the reason why i do try to work so hard in teaching myself is because i have amazing amazing peers who mm-hmm. just are so talented and may not get the best chances at showing it yeah so educating myself is the best way i can combat that and especially like running positivity and having like a chance to be that person to give them that stage mm. um how did you get into drag okay so like i said earlier uh, my dad was very against it because he didn't want me to get hurt he didn't want me to get beat up or abused or anything like that because i was a drag queen mm-hmm. so that um stopped me from doing it for many years before i like i wanted to do it mm-hmm. i was one of those late bloomers in the rupaul drag race <laughs> i started at season six that, that is the first season I watched too. And it's to this day, my favorite season. Yes, me too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And season five. I really like season, season five. Season five was good. I didn't watch season five till last year in the pandemic. In the panty. That was in my third year of college when mm. I started watching this. And I'm like, I'm queer. I literally <sighs> have a boyfriend. Like, how did I not know about this side of my culture? Um, and then I started digging and I started looking into it. And I was like, this would be so much fun. Like, I'm a theater student. I would love to do this. But then. I didn't. Um, and then, actually, in 21 days, it's my two years of doing drag. Congrats. Wow. I think you've been doing it a little less than me. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> bitch has her own show. She has her own empire. She. I do not. Stop it. She was a finalist for Alberta's Next Drag Superstar 2020. Oh, wait. Technically, I you was were too. I was too. Because someone got kicked out. <laughs> 
I'm, we all, uh, bitch, I'm editing that shit out. <laughs> yeah. Probably two years to this day, honestly. I went to the Work the World tour for season... Cameron Michaels, that's the season. Yeah, season, <laughs> season Cameron. T- 10. Oh yeah, season 10. 10. Yes. Aquaria. That was season 10. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So Cameron Michaels and you're like all them. I went to the Work the World for that tour. And Asia O'Hara was the host, which she has been for those, like, since then, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she called people from the audience, three people from the audience, to come and do, like, a lip sync. And they had, <laughs> they, had to, they had to wear a wig, and the wig was representative of the um, artist they had to do. Mm. And I walked in late, because we thought, like, doors were at 8, but the show started at 8. And I, we were walking in. Oh, my God. We were, fr- we were third row. So we had to, like, walk all the way down in front of everyone. Like, <laughs> we made so much commotion. Then we got the wrong seats. Anyway, uh, they were like, we need some people from the audience. And then I was like, me, me. Uh, and then I got picked. I won the lip sync. Of course yeah, you did. Yeah, of course you did. The other background. <laughs> anyway, and I got a free t-shirt. And as I was in line waiting for my free t-shirt, I bought my first wig. Because I was like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Uh, and then I went out on June 29th. I made my brother-in-law. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh. On his birthday, June 29th, just to watch me do drag for the first time. Wow. And I was a train wreck. Mm. But I had so much fun. I did uh, We Are Never Getting Back Together by Taylor Swift. Love it. Yeah, because my, my wig was very Taylor. And I had like this cute little jean jacket. Um full-length the dress that I got from Value Village. Mm-hmm. She's a Fashion Nova girl now with the value village here and there and yeah and then ever since i've just been trying to do my best and be out there the makeup's getting there oh, it's gonna be there one day absolutely season four of canada's drag race just yeah you know what you have your season four winner of canada's drag race and your season six winner of canada's drag race right here i went back for all stars because i wanted to yeah yeah, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you were saying how education is really, really important. I'm a very kind of science-based person. I'm a very scientific person. And one thing that I think people really need to know is that homosexuality is way more common than people think. And not even homosexuality being fully gay, but just homosexual experiences, Mm -hmm. non-heterosexual experiences are way more common than people think. Correct. It is... It's almost like most people are bisexual. I would go to my grave for that statement. Yeah. I 100% agree. It's almost like that. And of course, it's a spectrum. So you're going to have like, I'm pretty gay, Mm -hmm. but I'll make out with a girl here and there, you know? So that that puts me on the spectrum. Oh, I'll make out with anyone. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I like don't have to have any drinks in me. Uh, Just like, it is on Schitt's Creek. I don't care about the label. Right. I like the wine. I don't care about the label. I no. just want to drink the wine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, like, gender is very antiquated. Mm-hmm. And it should just be thrown out like your stupid grandma's china that's not really important. Exactly. Just, just like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. that we've had this culture, this European culture, pushed upon us. And... There were already cultures here in Canada and in the U.S. where homosexuality and two-spirit individuals and non-heterosexual were actually celebrated. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, within the cultural genocide that happened, 
-hmm. we lost that. We did. We did. Mm -hmm. So it's like, take everything you learn with a grain of salt, but learn it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the situation that queer people are forced into because we've, with AIDS, we've lost that whole almost generation of beautiful queer dynamic people that were here to teach us and here to learn and here to bring us on our journey and help us along. Like, yes, we have to educate ourselves, mm -hmm. but for some reason, what I always find to be the most powerful is just acknowledging the facts and the facts are homosexuality and let's say just LGBTQIA plus leanings are very, very normal. We see it not even just among humans. We see it across different species. Yeah. We see there's always a solid population yeah. of homosexuals within every species. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nothing new. It's nothing new. And unfortunately, this idea has been thrust upon us that it's bad. Mm -hmm. And it's not only, you know, straight people that... It's not only the, you know, heterosexuals that think about it as bad, but even the gays, even the queer community have a way of internalizing that a hundred percent you internalize it so much that like i didn't hate myself for being gay but i didn't come out for so long because i was afraid other people would you know there are only like in my small town like two other queer people that i knew of at the time um and i wasn't really i didn't really know any of them like it was very like a oh god i need to stay away from them i need to keep myself safe i need to keep myself Okay, so like you kind of grew up ostracized from your own community because of that fear. And where I see now with this younger generation and like they're coming up and they're like, they're being celebrated more often. Um, like look at Addie Pose, mm. queer drag performer here in Calgary. Um, technically they're my drag niece. Oh, no way. Because they're Shane Unused drag daughter and I'm Shane Unused drag sibling. Oh. Just the education they have on things and the, their viewpoints that have always been celebrated by their families and their friends at school. Like it's just a beautiful thing to see that we are on a trajectory to being more accepting and being less afraid of being who we are. And we're going to have now we're going to start having the generation that is going to be able to teach, mm -hmm. you know, like we like, there was, like, we're missing two generations of queer education, essentially. Okay, what do you mean by that exactly? So, like, we lost so many people in the AIDS epidemic mm -hmm. um, that, you know, the next generation didn't get a lot of information because, you know, it was a lot to take in for the people that did survive. It's like, you can't really ask someone to educate someone else when they're so not able to mm -hmm. because they're just trying to live their life because they lost so many friends mm -hmm. or so many loved ones, like, and no one cared. Right. Not a thing. Not, not many people cared. There is that generation where we did lose this education. So that wipes out the generation after the AIDS crisis of educating. And I think that trickles down to us. Mm. Like where we did learn, lose like the two generations of being able to educate on queer issues. Like it took me four years to learn out like, and this is going to be sound very horrible to say, mm -hmm. but it took me like, three or four years to learn what a douche was after I'd already been having sex. Mm, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like 
Wow. I think I was a top for most of it in the beginning, and like now I'm more of a bottom, bottom, uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, but like, pays to advertise. Yeah, Addy Pose teaches me sometimes <laughs> about douching. Oh. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh my god, what? Like you know, like so I feel like we did as a as a queer community lose a little bit of not a little bit a lot of valuable education that hasn't been. Um, able to be passed down and i feel like the queer community right now is just it's stuck between this place of trying to celebrate ourselves but also still trying to figure out who we are as a culture and a community mm-hmm. like at the basis of it it is just love and acceptance and, and pride mm-hmm. but what is the base what mm-hmm. like other than that you know what i mean like where's like the education on sexual health Mm-hmm. Where is the education on adoption? Adoption for queer people is so hard still to this day sometimes. Yeah. If we didn't lose that gap, if AIDS didn't come in and make it look like, I'm going to use a gross word, but disgusting mm-hmm. to the greater population because we're losing each other one by one by one by one. You know what I mean? And so that could be a reason why it's not easy for queer people to adopt, mm-hmm. queer people to get a mortgage, um, queer people to have those insurance rights with their partner in a lot of places like think of uh, canada's okay mm-hmm. i'm not going to say good because i don't really think canada's good at anything right now um there's been a lot of right? dirty laundry that's exactly. been aired recently um so like i feel that it's just the stigma that is slowly leaving and making it easier for this next queer generation that's coming up like and we are on the coattails right in between like mm-hmm. you and I being 29 right now mm-hmm. um, where it is it's touch and go but like mostly we are okay to get these things that people my parents age mm-hmm. wouldn't it's just a sad fact to think about that we lost so many people and it was such an epidemic and it was such a tragedy for the queer community if AIDS came from vaginal sex mm-hmm. it would be a different story it would be it would be a tragedy. It would be an epidemic. It would be something that we need to figure out right away. Mm-hmm. Not during the COVID crisis when MNRA research happens. Like now that now they're looking and trying to use the MNRA. Uh, M- R- N- RNA. RNA, whatever. I, I'm sorry. The words are okay. botched. <laughs> uh, just like my husband's nose. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I love you. Um, but just now, like with this COVID pandemic... It affected everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a tragedy. And it's not a stigma on any one race, sexuality, anything. It's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's a tragedy. Whereas the AIDS, it was, if those people didn't have that sick lifestyle, maybe they'd still be alive. Mm. And that is a disgusting sentence. But mm-hmm. it is probably a sentence You're not literally saying that. But... A lot of people yeah. thought back then. So, of course, they're not going to get a bank loan to buy a house. Of course, a social worker won't let them have a child, even though it's a loving home. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, like, we've lost the learning of just how to be humans. Yeah. And be ourselves in our own skin because we lost that generation. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. And that's why I feel like I need pride again. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like it's important for us to try and get as much education about the queer culture just for safety, just for to make sure that the lives lost weren't in vain. 
That is such a good point. And it really resonates with me quite a lot. I feel like, unfortunately, my parents were very impacted by the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. Homosexuality was seen as a very negative thing Mm -hmm. by my parents. The stories I could tell. (laughs) And I remember, you know, how you take sex ed courses. Mm -hmm. It was in grade six, I think, for me that I was taking it. And the program was called Roses, Rubbers, and Rainbows. Roses for romance, rubbers for rubbers for protection, and rainbows for the gays. I wasn't allowed to go to Rainbows Day. Yeah. Uh And so I just think that's one of many instances, actually, where Mm -hmm. that stigma has personally affected me. Correct. I um, am actually like kind of emotional right now because um, we're the same age. Mm-hmm. We we did the same curriculum because we know you were in New Brunswick, right? I was, yeah. Okay, I was here. But like... Probably similar curriculum, though. Yeah, small town. I didn't know gay was a thing until maybe <laughs> the internet <laughs> when porn was around. <laughs> you know, I, I probably didn't know gay people were... I didn't know gay. I didn't know what gay was. Yeah. I'm probably until like 16, 17. A hundred percent. And like, just going back through my family, like I have an uncle who was aunt Dwight and I never knew. I never understood that. Oh. I had an aunt who was uncle Louise and like, it was never talked about. It was never, unfortunately we lost my uncle Dwight in a car accident that it probably was a not natural thing. Mm. Um, and I feel like it would stem from stuff like that. Um, yeah, we didn't get rainbow day in my sex ed curriculum oh wow no it was so you didn't even like, get the option of no, rainbows no, no not even an option and like my health teacher was bomb like miss bovera if you're listening to this you're amazing thank you for being amazing <laughs> um and like she taught and she's very she was a very liberal teacher liberal thinking like liberal mind thinking like my sister who's the biggest butch lesbian you'll ever meet mm-hmm. she's a parts technician she's always throwing crack like a prom- plumber like um <laughs> Her and, like, this teacher were, like, best friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could tell. So she knew. Mm-hmm. She knew me. Me and her were close. She, me and my sister and her were close. You could tell. Mm-hmm. We were just a bunch of fucking <laughs> flags waving in the wind, you know? Uh, and just, like, she still couldn't teach a rainbow portion for mm-hmm. sex. Like, even not, not even, like, coming up and talking about it, pulling us aside or, like, saying, and, you know, maybe maybe, like, it's too young to do that for a child. Um, but I think that's where we're going wrong is it's never too young. Mm-hmm. It's never too young to learn about queer culture or culture in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that would like stop a lot of hatred in this world is by learning about other people and learning about their cultures and learning about their sexualities and learning about where they come from and understand you're coming from a place of understanding instead of a place of fear and not knowing. Yes. Yes. One of the easiest ways that I think we can change this is by teaching our children to love other people's children. And as soon as you have, I love you, but that's not love. No. That's not love. That's conditional love. That is conditional love. And that is just, Which isn't love. No, it's not. It's uh, an easy way out for someone who does not want to learn and someone who doesn't want to change and who is being very fragile. Mm-hmm. And may look like they're being the better person. Mm-hmm. But as soon as there's a but after I love you. It's not love anymore. Bye. Yeah. I love you, but okay, bye. So one thing, like we, we were talking about how 
Europeans have forced their culture on us, have forced their ideas on us about gender and sexuality and misogyny. What is gender and sexuality? How do you define gender and sexuality? Preface. My Instagram is Ivana Kadavra. Hit me up in my DMs if this is incorrect. Educate me. Yes. Um, just because this is my understanding and this is my definition of it. And if I am incorrect, I want to unlearn this. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ivana Kadavra, A-V-A-N-N-A-K-E-D-V-A-R-A. My definition of gender, that is how you m- mentally feel and how you physically want to feel <laughs> for gender for me. That is how you portray yourself. For me, I'm a cis white male. I like my penis. I like my man boobs. I'm okay. I'm okay the way I am. To me, that is my gender. For someone else who is transitioning, who they may not like their penis and they... <laughs> don't want to look like that. And they, and it's not look like that. It's feel like that. It's all the feelings that come with it. And like, they're just not that gender. And that's what I think gender is. Mm-hmm. Gender is how you feel, how you think, how you portray. Mm-hmm. Sexuality is who you love. Mm-hmm. Sexuality is how you love, not who you love. It's sexuality is how you love because there's so many subcategories in sexuality. We have polyamory. We have, I almost said agnostic. Uh, That's that's (laughs) religion, honey. Um, um, Demisexuals. We have pansexuals. We have so many things in the sexuality category. I like how you say that. And it's how you love. It's not who you love for sexuality, in my humble opinion. Again, Instagram, Look me up. Let me know if I'm wrong. Attack me. Mm-hmm. Learn. Let me learn. And then sex is, I think, the most antiquated one. That is just that term that has to be there legally, which I think should just be banished. Mm-hmm. It's how you're born. AFAB, AMAB, all those things. Um, that's what I think sex would be. Right. Um, scientifically. Because I think one of the arguments that you hear from people who are prejudiced from people who are homophobic mm-hmm. is you hear them relying a lot on this concept of sex on Correct. how you're born on the organs that you're presumed mm-hmm. to be born with. Correct. But newsflash people are born intersex. Correct. <laughs> and then they develop. <laughs> and then they develop. And on top of that, like you said, gender and sexuality are really completely different things mm-hmm. or you know, completely are really very different things. So gender is really the who, the what. Yes. The when. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, where. And the sexuality is the how. And the sexuality and is the how. how. And it's not how you are, but it's how you interact. Mm-hmm. And how, how you love. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and, the, and sex, I just think, is an obsolete term that is just antiquated in old European science. <laughs> yeah. And... I really, really love that perspective. I've never heard someone say it quite like that. But I think what people often confuse is they confuse sex with gender. Correct. They think that, you know, the way that you're born, they think that, you know, the the parts, the gonads that you have dictate... <laughs> Dick. <laughs> dictate how you act. Correct. And you know what dictates how we act? Like I was saying, we've been indoctrinated to thinking that people with these parts act this way, yeah. people with these parts act this way, and antiquated it's social completely norms. Completely arbitrary. Correct. Yes. I 100% am on that team. Um, again, 
<laughs> if I'm wrong in my thinking, if I just put my foot in my mouth, let me know. I love it. Let I, me know. I have heels I can put in my mouth too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then please teach me. Um, <laughs> or just send me a link. You don't have to teach me if you don't have the mental capacity. So, yes. There we go. The fact that the gay community, that the queer community is discriminated against, it's pretty obvious. But what is a little bit less obvious and a little bit less talked about is, a, is discrimination within the queer community. And so I wanted to also ask your thoughts because you're someone who I see as a beacon of light and a beacon of hope in the queer community, in the drag community. so pale and bald, okay? I mean, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) But I see you as a beacon of light in the community here because unfortunately, you know, there were a couple queens in the Calgary scene who received all the bookings. And then you came in with your show Positivity and you allowed other queens to have a platform. You made it so that everybody was able to have an opportunity. And so I feel like you are a perfect person to ask about this. Why is there so much exclusivity, exclusion within the gay community? Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to that skipped generation of knowledge again. Mm. I really think it ties into not having the as many predecessors like you know we have legend icon terry stevens uh, <laughs> we have justine time we have not as old but we have carly uh from carly's angels and i i don't know many other older queer people in our community uh in in like dra- just just speaking of drag queens mm-hmm. uh drag performers sorry mm-hmm. um there aren't that many people that are there to pass down much knowledge from my experience there those are the three big older generation like names mm-hmm. sorry carly don't kill me um <laughs> that are there to teach us and um i feel like drag now is more about learning from youtube mm-hmm. and learning from videos and learning from rupaul's drag race it isn't about learning from community anymore um i feel like we've started like calgary is really good for that I find that we are really good for learning from community, but that's my thought on why it's so selective, skinny, and basic. <laughs> you know, like I, I, it's and it's not like it's not shade to anyone else. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's exclusive, and that's not what we should be. We should be the loving, open community who knows about tragi- the tragedy of loss that we shouldn't be wanting to push anyone away. And I think that's where we lost the education of why we do what we do. But like, I feel like people just didn't come in it, into it for the community. They came into it, honestly, for an ego boost. Mm, okay. You know, I did. I came into it for an ego boost and then I learned about how many wonderful people are in it. <laughs> um, and I just never left. Right. And I've turned away from trying to be like this big, big name and more like just wanting to learn from everyone. You know what I mean? Like, I've watched Angelina do her makeup many times. Uh, Everyone has seen Terry Stevens get a face on in 30 minutes when they've done a Saturday show. Girl. You know, like, I'm always astonished. Right, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) You see, like, um, a performer like Scarlett fucking Bobo, who Mm. is amazing, who is all about inclusivity, all about. Performers going on any any type of performer going on a stage, mm-hmm. 
and how beautiful they are and how they were so and like Jimbo and like how they were all so helpful to everybody. You know what I mean? That is what I think the essence of the queer culture is. And that's what I think we've missed is because the amount of people that we have left Mm -hmm. to share that are few and far between. Two generations has kind of led to this toxic culture that we have this now. disconnect from this disconnect the base of our values yeah. as a community as a queer community as a queer culture yeah um and i think that's what creates so many toxic environments and not just in the drag community but in any queer community it's just we don't we honestly don't really know better and we always have our guard up and i would say any relationship yeah any toxic relationship yeah it boils down to the fact that we're a little bit self-focused. We're we a little are. we're a little bit focused on the means rather than the experience. Yeah, and I think it's just because we're and it goes. Yes, we have all these indoctrinated views from Europeans and all that stuff that's been ingrained in our brains, but we also have this AIDS crisis ingrained in our brains too. Whereas, like, we're, we aren't seen as human sometimes to people, to some, certain people. Why should we trust mm-hmm. in all people? Mm-hmm. Whereas, I really, we need to start moving towards trusting more people. <laughs> you can't trust people until you can trust yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I 100% agree with that. The only thing that I cannot trust myself with is an add to cart button <laughs> and a skip the dishes app. So... Anything else, I'm good. You can, but like, mm-hmm. I'm, some say I'm a little too trusting, but I think that's why I'm so delighted. Right. <laughs> right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I just, like, I think if we stepped away from, you know, excluding people and, and like, okay, I have a perfect example. <laughs> and it's just, it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a Fortnite group chat. Okay. And there, in the beginning, in the panorama, when we started playing Fortnite <laughs> together, there was three of us. And then there's a fourth person. And we're like, okay, let's start a group chat. So when we're not all together, we can just be like, hey, are you on? But then so many people started playing with us. And then we're like, do we add them to the chat? Like, I don't know if we should add them to the chat. You know? Uh-huh. Let's let's not. But we always did. And- you know what I mean? Um, but there's always there was always that like... I don't know if I want another person in here. There's four of us. That should be enough. Mm. And I think that's the mindset we need to get away from so that we are a more healthy community. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like we should always be like, let's give them a chance. We can always boot them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. Always give someone a chance and give them the benefit of the doubt until you know for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm guilty for it. Like I've been told, horror stories about so many people in the community when I started drag. Mm. And then I gave them all the benefit of the doubt instead of being like, Oh, ew, I don't want to interact with you. Yeah. Some of them proved me wrong mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, I probably should have just listened. And some don't. And then some don't, some are like super close. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you admitted that you yourself and, you know, your friend group were also engaging in this toxic pattern. I love that. Because guess what? If you're in a toxic relationship and you're pointing the finger at someone, there are three fingers pointing right back at you. 100%. (laughs) And so there's always two parts. There's always a part when it comes to a toxic relationship. And the other thing is our expectations often exceed reality. Probably because we ourselves have been starved for love at some point in our lives. 
and porn, horrible porn videos and horrible porn videos <laughs> <laughs> that needs to go in there because uh, I will find you <laughs> that is so funny and so yeah, true yeah I'm, this this episode is going to be rated explicit please this is going to be an explicit episode from the <laughs> I can talk more about my cool yeah. if you want me to. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think toxicity and our capacity to choose toxic relationships, mm-hmm. whether that is with our sisters, with our drag sisters, with our fellow queer community, mm-hmm. or even with our romantic partners, if we're okay. choosing that over and over again. We need to unlearn some That's biases. Exactly. And we need to like look, ask the hard questions and make ourselves uncomfortable until... We're better. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is a process that would fix a lot of problems in this world. Mm-hmm. I guess on the flip side of that, have you had any experiences of being excluded from the gay community? I have. Um, my experiences of being excluded were me excluding myself mm-hmm. and not thinking that I was good enough to even try to be part of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it took, like drag for me to be like, oh, bitch, no, mm-hmm. I will insert myself. Mm-hmm. I will make it happen. I will work my ass off and I will be where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like me, you don't like me. We don't have to be friends. We don't have to talk. We <laughs> just have to be amicable. We have, we just have to not be shitty to each other. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you don't need to be rude. I really, really like that perspective because another perspective that I heard is people don't want to be fake. People don't want to pretend that there's a friendship or, you know, be nice when they really dislike someone. But what you're saying is, why not be nice to everyone? Yeah, just be ni- it's not fake. Yeah, it's not fake to be nice to everyone. That is like, there's fake where you're like, oh my God, I love that shirt, Joel. It brings out your eyes. <laughs> and then walking away and be like, that's the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that's fake. Yeah. Whereas like me just having an interest in your day not even an interest, but just being polite and cordial. Joel, mm-hmm. how was your day? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your new drag name this year? Like, <laughs> just having an interest in a human. You, I may not like you. You may not like me. Mm-hmm. But we're cordial. Mm-hmm. And our lives are easier because of it. Yes, you know? exactly. And you know what? Maybe you're in a shitty mood, in a shitty headspace. And maybe a positive interaction changed your view on me. What about, do you think there's ever a time where you should... Just cut someone out. Just not bother with someone. The other is there's there's a lot of situations where that is very important to mental health, um, to physical health, mm-hmm. um, to general society sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's an, a moment where you're just like, hi, if you even have to interact. But if you're cutting someone out of your life for the better, seeing them isn't something that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. So like walking by them and just not saying anything. Your friends coming up to you and being like, oh my God, they're here. You just be like, that's okay. They're allowed to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, diffuse the situation. Don't talk about it. Don't be staring. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. just be a decent fucking human being. Yeah. There there is a difference between being a decent fucking human being (laughs) and going out of your way to cause someone harm. Correct. Like, again, I'll just use me and you as an example. If... Mm -hmm. Say, like, I had an addiction problem and you were, a, like, a 
a, a factor in that problem. Like whenever I was with you, mm-hmm. I was doing those slopes <laughs> and I was, you know, down those bottles of wine and stuff. And I had a problem with it and you didn't care about that problem, but you just wanted me around in your space mm-hmm. to make you feel better mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know what I mean? A way to navigate that situation is just being open and upfront with that person and being like, hi, like I have no disrespect for you. I just can't be in your space anymore because it's making my space not safe for myself. Mm-hmm. So if we are, if we happen to see each other, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I will wave. I'll nod. Sometimes if I can't handle it, I will just ignore. Mm-hmm. But there's no disrespect. There is no, I'm not coming from a place of hatred. I'm just coming from a place of helping myself. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you're not a bad person for it. Having this view that someone is always the bad person is what causes the tension. It's what causes the problem and it's what causes a rift in cultures and societies. Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dang dong. Ding dang dong. UK, huh? <laughs> Your the reaction that you described of, you know, giving someone a smile mm-hmm. or kind of doing nothing. Yeah is actually a non-toxic response. Yeah. Whereas going out of your way to give someone a dirty look or putting someone down in some way. And there's lots of ways of invalidating people that are just so insidious. And it's not needed. Ignore the bullies. And then then they're not even a bully. Just ignore the comments. Ignore the bullies. Last summer, Mm -hmm. when I was having a problem with the drag community, um, I just wasn't like... I was being talked about and stuff like this. And like I was verbal about it. And I, I... I like threw stories up about it, not naming names and shit like that. And like just being so catty and combative about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Stephanie Prince of all people, (laughs) Stephanie Prince was like, babe, you don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. The people that see you working your ass off and the people that see the amazing things you do, those are the people that matter. Oh, I thought she was just stupid as fuck. (laughs) Me too. Until now. No, just just kidding. We love you. I love you. Stephanie. I hope you win. I think what it really boils down to is the fact that the way people treat you is a reflection of them. It's not a reflection of you. Correct. Um, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I think there's limits. Like sometimes I think like if it's, if it, if it's a toxic relationship and you're the toxic part, um, you may be treated horribly by the person, the other person, you know? Mm. Um, Okay, so sorry. Maybe I don't agree with what you just said. Did you not know that if you're going to come on my show, you have to agree with everything I say. Say it again. (laughs) No, I said what it really boils down to, and you kind of spoke to that, is the fact that the way people treat you is a reflection of them and not you. So really, if someone's toxic, if someone is toxic for you, are you going to go out of your way to put them down to make them feel bad? Or are you just going to do what you have to do? Okay, I do agree with you. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I heard that wrong. And that's what I thought. <laughs> and now for the ASMR version. <laughs> Only my subscribers have this. So what kinds of mental health issues have you experienced as a result of this toxicity? I love myself. Mm-hmm. I think I'm fucking bitching. Mm-hmm. I'm fabulous. But you know, I'm bigger. I'm mm. a bigger girl. I can't do a lot of the fun things on stage that the, the skinnier girls can do. <laughs> well, me neither. <laughs> this is about my... <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a selfish pig. I love myself as a bigger human. Um, I just... I've never really struggled with it until I started doing drag. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a... And, and like, 
became more prominent in like being around more other queer people. Like before I came to Calgary, I I lived in Grand Prairie before here. Mm-hmm. I lived in Slave Lake, Alberta before here. Um, it was all straight, redneck, oil field people that I I didn't know queer. You hold your beer with your belly. That's normal. I, that's fine. <laughs> Coming into like this community and the, like the queer community in general, it's just there's a lot of people. It's it's a two sided coin, a double edged sword, where there's the one side that's you know supports you no matter what. You're great. You're amazing. You look amazing. You're so good. You're so talented. But then there's the other side that's like, yeah, you could shave uh, your chest. You could like, you know, learn how to dance. You can lose some weight. You can wear dresses that actually fit you nicely with your weight. I've been told that before. You've really heard all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, And like, so there's that side where it's like, okay, and that does cause a lot of mental stress and a mental, and like it, it just makes you not feel good enough. Like the, the people saying it may just be like trying to give you the best advice. Mm-hmm. And again, intent over or intent over content cause and effect. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, they didn't mean to make me feel down in the dumps. They're just trying to help me out. Mm-hmm. But there's that side of it where it, it, I went home and I was like, maybe, holding a beer with my stomach isn't okay you know mm-hmm. like and that's just using comedy as a blanket to mm-hmm. soften the blow mm-hmm. uh, but it was very it's very that and like are you queer enough is another thing that i struggle with like sometimes i'll just pretend i don't know how to do stuff because like i want to be queer enough and like fit in with people and like mm-hmm. but it's like i can do that you're like actually i can assemble this ikea furniture like i can do that um but i'm like god <laughs> I can't do it, you know? Like, and that may be like a horrible example that may make No, me I think bad. that's a really interesting but I feel example. Like I just like, how queer do you have to be to fit in? And so, what are your tips and tricks to get over this feeling? Um, my tips and tricks to get over the feeling would be uh, to just sit down, live in the space of that feeling of being inadequate and learn it and then write a list of things you're good at mm-hmm. you know or write, write a list of people who will always be there to support you mm-hmm. um write a list of things you've done amazing because that's evidence that you are correct mm-hmm. and that you do fit in somewhere and that you do you fit you fit in everywhere mm-hmm. because you have that connection to something or someone when you have mental health issues sometimes you do feel like you have no end and that is real. That is depression. But the tip and trick to get out of that is to make that list and be like, oh my God, my husband asks me every day if I've taken my medication. I'm doing something right. He cares about me. Aww. You know? Or, oh, yeah, my sister did call me overweight yesterday, but today she did send me the recipe for those cookies I liked. It's just, it's the little thing, like it can be so trivial, but it can also mm-hmm. be so momentous. But like, we don't take the, we take the trivial for granted, mm-hmm. you know? And the trivial, the small things are the main things. Mm-hmm. The big things are once, once, like, you know, once in a lifetime, not, not once in a lifetime, but they're, they're rare. They don't get you through. They get you through three days. Yeah. You know? 
and it get you through three days, but it's the little things that get you through every day. So, you know, making those lists of those little things. Our, our relationship, for example, now that you've said it. Right here, right now. About it, mm-hmm. I can use the example of Joel. I'm Joel's favorite drag queen. True. You know, like, I helped Joel when they, in the drag community when they didn't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you helped me when I needed to talk about feelings and brought me on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it means a lot. Yeah, it does. And I'm really, I'm really happy that you asked me to be here today. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, did we just wrap this up naturally? <laughs> well, I did. let me try to respond yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, I love what you just said, and I do think even the statistics back what you're saying up. It's true that gay people, LGBTQ youth, suffer. You know, with mental health illness like with mental health challenges Mm -hmm. with uh, suicidal ideation and you know with just feeling inadequate in general and i think it also just does stem from that lack of generational knowledge Mm -hmm. which i can't even believe like you've blown my mind with that concept today really you have like you know i did not anticipate that thank you for bringing that we're (laughs) we're amplifying the voice even though you're already a big voice we're amplifying it. We're amplifying it in a different way. Did you just call me fat? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> if the shoe doesn't fit. <laughs> but yeah, no. And so I, really, such good um, advice there that you gave. And also the idea of focusing on the little things. Yeah. Focusing on just something outside of you. And so, did we just wrap this podcast up? I think we did. I think we did. Never ask me to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I won't. No, I'm just, no, again, I, up next, uh, ASMR with your robot. Yeah, my next podcast is going to be an SMR episode. Oh I can't deal with that. Yeah. No. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Should we do this, like, professionally? Yeah, let's try. Let's try. Okay. I'm, at this point, I'm just losing my shit. But, yeah. okay. And so... Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I really appreciate that. Um, I loved being here. Uh, I like kind of actually like talked through some trauma. I didn't even kind of realize I had. Well, Henny, you know, that's, um, what, that's what happens when you come on the Sister C podcast. Yeah. I'm a real sister. Yes, you are. You're my real sister. I'm your real sister. And yeah, I love you. Bless up. Bless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my guest, Ivana Kadabra, and I'm your host, Joelle Adrian. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. 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 Happy Pride. Joel, I've been wondering this whole podcast. I only know you as Joel on occasion, other drag names that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, what does C mean? Well, of course, it means charisma, uniqueness, nerve. And talent. Can <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay, we can stop recording. Oh my god. That was amazing. It was really nice. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sister C podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you found some of our ideas to be helpful. If you would like to chat with me or learn more about my counseling and coaching services, you can visit my website at spectrapsychology.com. Remember, no matter where you fall on the spectrum, the Sister C podcast has your back. See you in the next one.